Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. Wealth is more than just money, where you will hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to become financially free, generate wealth, and legacy wealth. If you want to discover how to enhance your money mindset through strategies, tools, and techniques, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, Paul Lawrence Van, is a financial coach, two-time number one international best-selling author, course creator, and he has been assisting clients to enhance their understanding of money management to become debt-free, discover ways to build wealth, and to generate legacy wealth for over 18 years. Will you be next? Here is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Good day, good day, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van. I'm host of Wealth Academy Podcast, and our mantra is what? Wealth is more than just money. And today we have an amazing, amazing guest, one who I'm really looking forward to learning more about. His name is Tarek Hadhat. Uh, good day, Tarek. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. Okay, fantastic. And what we normally do is we start out with the bio, and I'll cover your bio, and we'll go on from there. Let's do this. Okay. Tarek Hadhat was a Syrian refugee and now living with his new life with his entrepreneur family in Canada's East Coast. He is the founder and CEO of Peace by Chocolate. He's the recipient of the Ernest Young Atlantic Entrepreneur of the Year 2021. He's named one of the top 25 immigrants in the Maritimes, selected by Google as the National Hero Case and was awarded RBC, a Royal Bank of Canada's top immigrant award and entrepreneur of the year in 2020. But that's not all. Since Tarek's uh, arrival on Canada's East Coast in 2015 as a Syrian-Canadian newcomer, he has been invited to speak to countless audiences across Canada and internationally. He's a motivational speaker. And get this, he has had the privilege to meet former president of the United States, Barack Obama, one of our favorites, of course, and Canadian prime ministers and had conversations with many world leaders, which is outstanding. Now, his family's journey has been detailed in a book called Peace by Chocolate, as well as a feature film premiering in Cineplex theaters across Canada on May 6th, as well as here in the United States, because I've looked it up and there are areas here in Washington, D.C. that I'm planning on going to see it myself. And in January 2020, uh, Tarek received his official Canadian citizenship, which garnered international attention, and he can't wait to collect stamps in his passports. Please welcome Tarek Hadhat. So Tarek, welcome to the show this morning, and we really want to share your story. To me, it's about perseverance through adversity. Now, uh, again, uh, you were growing up and you're the son of a very successful entrepreneur in Syria who That's specialized right. in making exceptional chocolates, even though he had a background in silver engineering. That's Let's right. talk about that. Yep, absolutely. I am uh, honored. I always say I'm blessed to be in a family where my dad did not just take the status quo, did not accept what the community, what society really expected from him since he was born. He took it to another level. He is a risk taker. And he taught us all that you do not have to follow what you started if you do not like it anymore. Passion is evolving. Passion is about following really where the journey takes you. And that's what he did back home in Syria uh, three decades ago when he graduated as a civil engineer. And then um, he just wanted to make uh, and take his uh, path into entrepreneurship. And that's when really he realized that making chocolate was the best way 
to start his entrepreneurial journey because he wanted to have something that is so unique and remarkable and very much togethering for people. You know, you, there are a lot of ideas out there in entrepreneurship that makes people divided, that separate people, that not a lot of people really like it. But when he realized that chocolate is something that is very universal, it's like music. Everyone loves it. Yes. Regardless of your culture, regardless of your background, regardless of where you are born, regardless of your postal code, everyone loves chocolate. And yeah. he really liked that idea. So he started making chocolate in Damascus. And uh, uh, we were such a honored, you know, to be part of that family, part of that journey as we were born. Me and my siblings were always joining my, my dad and my mom in the mission of making the world a happier place through each piece of chocolate. And I remember, you know, the early days for our family, um, my mom uh, joined my dad to make sure that the business does not only have a focus on making wealth, but also on giving opportunities to others, on giving back to other community organizations that take care of uh, child cancers and thalassemia and make sure that the impact of the business is not only positive on our family, but also on our community as a whole. So we were we were honored to uh, have played the role as you know the, the the sons and the daughters of a massive chocolatier in the country that opened the second largest chocolate manufacturing facility in the region by 2005, and the factory was expanding and growing really quickly. Um, sure. It was exporting everywhere in the Middle East. The chocolate business has grown from uh, the home kitchen in Damascus to two shops in Damascus and uh, one on the way to the airport to the second largest chocolate manufacturing facility in the region. Um, and it was not an easy journey. And then it was exporting everywhere to Turkey, to Egypt, to Belgium. Imagine yeah. Belgium needs yeah. more chocolate. Makes chocolate. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so they did not need they did not need more chocolate, but they believed that we have been making something unique and remarkable. And they believed in the flavors and the things that we were doing. So that's why my father opened a connection there and he was exporting his products to, to Belgium. But then, you know, um, it was uh, it was tough to imagine where the journey might, might might take you. But I remember that all everyone in my family was very much supportive of the idea uh, of of taking new opportunities, of starting new new path in life, and opening yourself a whole new world of options and possibilities. Because passion can takes you to places where you have never really imagined yourself being to. And I think not accepting not accepting the way you have been imagining your future is going to look like, I think is very important. And I think everyone, everyone kind of take opportunities as they go. Uh, we have, we have uh, been born in a, the most ancient city in the world. Damascus uh -huh. is the city where we were born. It goes back almost 10,000 years BC. Yeah. It's uh, it's the most ancient place and inhabited city in the entire world. So we wanted to make the best out of the opportunity, the most out of the opportunity. And we wanted to certainly be that positive example. So that's just in a nutshell, you know, that I come from a family that does not only make chocolate, but it makes happiness. Yes, you're making community and you're employing people. So it's all really greater than the chocolate. It goes beyond that, but it goes internationally as well. Absolutely. Yes, internationally as well. In fact, uh, I'll tell you just how well it's doing. It's doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. I uh, my I'm glad the box made it to the yeah. interview. Yeah. Oh, my, look at you! Perfect. My, you my, have 
Paul, yes, you must have a great sense of patience. That's yeah. great. Self-control, self-control. Yes, your father is Isam. That's right. Okay. Yes, yes. Thank him for me. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about it just a bit, Tariq, in, in regards to those moments in life that we never forget. If you can share with our viewers and our listeners what it was like on the day that you discovered that uh, your the chocolate factory is bomb. And, and of course, that puts your family at risk and employees at risk there in Damascus on that um, it was such a horrible experience living through the war. Um, the hardest experience for any war is that no one is prepared for it. Yes. It does not give you um, a time for uh, reflection. It does not give you a time to prepare yourself and your family to evacuate or to save yourselves. Sure. It just happens in a blink of an eye. Everything in any war happens in a blink of an eye. Yes. And what happened in Syria is people were asking for reforms, uh, people were asking for uh, better dignity and uh, the, the yeah. basics of human rights that anyone in the world really dreams about. So in 2012, the war reached Damascus. Um, after uh, the protests started in 2011, the war uh, was destroying neighborhoods, bombing and killing innocent civilians. And wow. they, honestly, the only uh, the the real the real victims of that war were civilians who were just uh, dreaming of having another day to to yeah. live and contribute and uh, and be worthy of existing as human beings and it was it was horrible to see that hundreds of thousands of people have been killed and injured and arrested and went missing uh, many of them were part of my family members and my brother-in-law sure. who was arrested and he was killed in prison. So the the journey has been difficult. It has mm-hmm. not been easy. It has been very painful in many uh, milestones that we have gone through. And in 2000, by the end of 2012, after we lost our building, we were living in the entire family. Um, that that building that we were living in was burnt, and then it was uh, it was bombed by uh, by the tank. Uh, and and mm-hmm. uh, the soldiers actually stole everything in the building before they even bombed it because. Yeah, uh, right. In a war, you know, you cannot really control what anyone with a weapon can just do any, whatever they want. Exactly. So we realized, we realized that at that time, um, we were not born to immigrate. We were not born to be refugees. We were not born to leave our homeland. And then we started looking for um, another way to contribute, another way to uh, be there for our country. And that was through making chocolate. Yes. My dad said the country needs chocolate during the war more than anything. Very At that true. time, I was I was uh, on the way to become a physician. I was in med school in Damascus, almost finishing up. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of 2012, my, I got a call from my dad. He said, it's going well. There are hundreds of employees today. We have full shift and people are making chocolate. We're going to distribute them. And then I was very scared about what was going on. I called him after I watched the news. After half an hour, I said, Dad, um, I just watched the news. It's very scary. They said there are going to be explosions around the building. Yes. And he said, I cannot hear anything. And I said, I just watched that they're going to start bombing the area. So please ask everyone to leave and please leave and come home. Um, My dad um, agreed. He asked everyone to leave. He He did not want to put anyone at risk at the factory. Sure. And my father uh, and everyone had left the factory. That was by the end of 2012. Mm-hmm. And he arrived home. He did not know what happened. But the fact is, 
10 minutes after my father had left the factory. It was bombed by an airstrike. Wow. Now that's very close. It was very close. Yeah, 10 minutes. It was it was very close. And no one yeah. really knew what happened because my dad, the only thing that he was really careful about is make sure that everyone got out of that building. Safely, yeah. And then after the factory was bombed, my father came home and he did not speak to anyone. Um, he was speechless for three days because he said in a blink of an eye, everything has been working so hard for all everything has built with blood sweat and tears was gone and after three speechless days uh, it was uh it was really horrible to uh, just live through that experience but we still decided not to leave the country we still decided to stay in our homeland because we thought that we can still contribute we can still give back we can still do things we can i can become a physician my dad can rebuild the factory Sure. But then we realized that at so many points, my family were in danger. Uh, many mortar rockets hit very close to us. At one point, yeah. my brother was and I were on sidewalk, and then he lost his consciousness after an explosion. I carried him. We ran to the house. Then I told my family, it is not time to do medicine, not time to do uh, chocolate, yeah, not right. time to do business. Wow. It's time to survive save and time life. to save the family. Absolutely. We wanted to save the lives for everyone, which is very... Um, very much the most important part of anyone's journey is to make sure that their family is safe, that no matter what they're, what they want to do, there will be always time. As long as you are alive, you can do whatever you want. As long as you are safe and healthy, you can do whatever you want. But if you die, then all your dreams would die with you. All the ambitions and the goals that you have is going to, are going to die with you. And that was not the goal that we wanted to have. So at that time, we just decided by, March 2013, sure. that it was time to leave the country, that it was time to look on for another journey, that even though we become refugees in Lebanon, but we thought that we might have the opportunity to come back again uh, to Damascus after the war stops. And sure. that's a dream for everyone. Oh, yeah. It's like whenever oh, you live oh. in a war zone, whenever you live in a war zone, the the goal is always to think, how can you go back to your home country? Yes, yes. Well, I'll tell you that that was quite a shift going on right there. And I'm pretty sure because at that point in time, you were about 20 in your early 20s. That's right. That's yeah, right. That was yes, that's and so right. with that, you had a shift from going to being a physician. And so I guess today when we look at it, you made that shift from being a, a immigrant, a refugee in Lebanon to making it to Canada. And to right. Canada, I believe it's, it's pronounced. And they're going to share. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's and, a small and so, town, a small, lovely town. Yes. And in many ways, the medicine that you're practicing today is through chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I always say the medicine I'm practicing today is through uh, love, kindness, and peace. Peace. Yes. These are the three main values, really, that I care about every single day. And I think chocolate just happens to be, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the, yeah, the absolutely icing on the top. Yes, exactly. Just like the the addition you know to these values and i think the vehicle and ambassadorship uh, for all of those values come through chocolate because as i mentioned it's very universal it's something that everyone loves it's something that brings people together it's something that uh, people share on occasions that people really have so much passion and enthusiasm for Um, and that's why really i I, i'm very passionate about the cause now of uh, making sure our entrepreneurial journey is not about making great products, which they are. They are absolutely amazing. Absolutely. I can also, this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, 
big goal is to have a message and a value that we can spread out uh, throughout each box of chocolate, each chocolate bar, each partnership we make. Every step of the way, there there is much bigger mission uh, for for peace by chocolate than just making yeah. a product. And so the beautiful people of Canada, they brought you in and you had a chocolate factory built for you. And now you're employing uh, probably most people in that area in Nova Scotia for your business. And you're spreading it all throughout Canada. You have the fires on the west side of Western Canada and you made contributions to the people there because you knew what being out of one's home is like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, Paul. You know, when, when we came to Canada, we said we probably did not have any money with us because we lost everything in the war. Absolutely. But that did not mean we came here empty-handed. Sure. What what it meant is we probably um, thought about translating our skills and experiences into an opportunity for a life. Yes. Because immigrants, refugees, newcomers, they're always motivated to translate their skills and experiences. And uh, when we came here, we said we did not lose these skills. We did not lose these talents. I could not go back to medicine because Canada made it too hard for... Um, Sure. Uh, newcomers or uh, refugees or uh, any international students with uh, uh, degrees that they finished or did not finish yet in medicine, pharmacy, right. engineering, all of these high, uh, you know, high uh, ranked degrees. They sure. did not really want to, they did not want to accept us the way we are. And they wanted sure. to, they wanted us to spend almost 10, lose another 10 years of our lives just trying to go back to the things that we wanted to do. And I felt that was going to steal a lot of my life, you know, trying to go back to medicine. And then I started I started asking the family. We had a very frank conversation on the dinner table. Sure. And I said, what do you guys want to do? Should mm-hmm. we start a business? Should we look for jobs? Should we look for building any any organizations? Or should we volunteer? Or should we do that? And then we put a road roadmap. We put a a plan about how is the fastest way to contribute and give back to the community, give back to Canada. Uh And that was through the first answer I got from my little siblings who were just in in, uh, elementary and and junior school at that time. Sure. They were like, everyone is going to love us if we give them free chocolate on Main Street. (laughs) And and they were so right. They were so right. Children are very smart. That's right. And we (laughs) we made a batch of chocolate. We went to community gathering. It was a potluck. And then at the, the gathering, uh, everyone loved the chocolates. They were like all gone in five minutes. So we had we had a great feedback from the community right there. And sure. then we we were able to restart the business in the home kitchen again here uh, okay. in Canada. And you'd imagine that the same way my dad did it um, 35 years ago in Damascus, sure. yeah. we did it again here in Canada, you know, uh, the same okay. way in the home kitchen. But at the same time, you know, the only difference is that was now my grandmother kicking my father out of the home kitchen. Was my exactly. mother. <laughs> so the, the the beauty about it is the community believed that we have brought something unique and remarkable. Exactly. And they wanted to help us, you know, to translate what we brought here into a, a successful business. And that's why what happened is we had a business going on. We had a... Uh, we're making chocolate in the home kitchen that we went to uh-huh. uh, downstairs. So a little tiny room in the basement here in our house. Sure. And then we asked the community, we need a bigger spot. 
Uh -huh. And then they built a, a little tiny factory for us. It was two yeah. sheds put together in mm -hmm. outside of our home. And then we needed a bigger factory only a few months later after the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau went to the United Nations right. and spoke about our family in front of the leaders of the world when Barack Obama was sitting there, Angela Merkel, and the leaders of all the G20 oh, and yeah. many, many world, uh, world uh, presidents leaders. and prime ministers. Uh -huh. So after that, we asked the community that we need a bigger space. And then we started looking for a bigger factory. We started bringing in machines from all over the world. And uh, yeah. we hired a lot of people then. And then our business started growing from there. We started distributing to a lot of uh, chains across uh, Canada and yeah. across the United States. We started shipping from uh, B2C, uh, business to consumer. Yeah. We have our online website that we, we ship as well to everywhere around the world right now. And looking forward for partnerships. But the main goal when we started the factory was that we did not come here to take jobs. We came here to create them. Exactly. We came here to, to be... That, that's active. an important difference as well. Yeah, 100%. Make, a, make a, a greater impact through employment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you know, a lot of people at that time were, were afraid we're afraid that refugees or immigrants or newcomers are coming to take away jobs or take away opportunity or live on taxpayers' money or be scared that they're going to change society or change the demography or bring their 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 food and dominate you know certain areas and and that was you know the the fears that that people had were were just based out of um, uncertainty yeah based it's out of of fear yeah. that is based yeah. out of uh, not knowing what the other person is, not knowing who the other person is, not knowing the, what the other culture is, not knowing a lot about, you know, how much we share as a human beings. The ultimate goal for all of us is to have a successful and bright future. Yes. And live in peace. Live yeah. in peace. Everyone's goal is the same thing. So I think um, uh, people are judgmental of others before they meet them. Right. Everyone is, is judgmental of another person. People notions. That are, that are unfounded. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally yeah. agree with you. And, uh, and, and many people just build on those fears that they grow yes. um, and take away from the reality that we are all the same, same. regardless yeah. of our background, regardless of our ethnicity. Absolutely. We are all the same. You know, we have yeah. the same, we have the same passions. We have the same goals. We have the same dreams. We can have the same limitless dreams and, and, uh, and big goals in life, you know, because yeah. Canada is a is a land of opportunity and the land yeah. it's like the United States. You know, Canada has been yeah. has been uh, built by waves of immigrants just coming here to to build yeah. a, a life for themselves and their families. And uh, if you are not indigenous in Canada, sure. if you're not indigenous in the United States, if you're not native, then right. you came from somewhere, or your grandparents came from somewhere, Absolutely. or your great 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 grandparents Absolutely. came from somewhere, right? Absolutely. Yes. Well, I tell you, uh, President, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, he did a great thing because he made people aware of the fact that of the gifts that you all had, your family had. And I thought that was amazing. And of course, I live here in the Washington, D.C. area, so I know Nancy Pelosi enjoyed that chocolate. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's right. Because <laughs> your embassy is just a couple of blocks from Capitol Hill anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. And I got the chance to visit actually the embassy right. for the first time uh, a few yeah. weeks ago when we did the premiere of our movie yeah. in DC at uh, at the film festival. Right. And uh, I got the chance to yeah, I got the chance to meet the ambassador, Ambassador Hillman, 
yeah. and uh, do do some tours in uh, in Washington in DC for on some museums. And you guys yeah. are lucky because your museums right. are free. Uh, exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> I saw up there because you were up on a uh, balcony, and I saw the Capitol in the background. That's right. That's right. Yes, that's at the I've embassy been, building. I've been to your embassy uh, several times. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a beautiful nice. building. Really, beautiful. really beautiful building. Yeah, great location too. Really nice. Couldn't be, couldn't be better location. That's right. Very central. I Very ask actually about the experiences during president's inauguration, and it's a big day yeah. there, you know. Absolutely. During Absolutely. during uh, during any inauguration, which is uh, really marvelous, you know, the the way that we share our yeah. cultures uh, yes. between the both countries is, is very marvelous and very unique in, in different yeah. way, you yeah. know, between the principles of democracy, of freedom, yeah. of human yeah. rights, yes. you know, the most peaceful bo border uh, in yeah. the entire world, the yeah. longest, yeah. most peaceful world border. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very impressive. And I think it's something that to be inspired and to be, I think, uh, copied in other places around the world where, where borders are a sense of conflict, not really a sense yeah. of peace for many people. Absolutely. Let's talk just a little bit about the uh, Russian uh, incursion into Ukraine. And I know it's a very sensitive issue. And I know the people in Ukraine, I, I know what they're feeling today. Right. I know what they're feeling because it has to be just an awful feeling knowing that your neighbor uh, really crossed that 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 border and made it more of a conflict than of peace. What can you share with people in terms of what the Ukrainians may be experiencing today, not only as um, refugees, but also as immigrants? Um, the sense of losing everything and having to make the rapid choices in life, I think, yeah. is the hardest part of the journey for immigrants and refugees. Sure. Uh, Ukrainians are like Syrians, are like Afghans, are like Iraqis, are like exactly. Rwandans. Many people who, who lived in conflict are still living in conflict. Nothing changed. The same human experience 100 years ago, 50 years ago, during the Second World War, exactly. during the Gulf War, during the Syrian War, or the war in Ukraine. Yes. It's always the same. The yes. ultimate suffering for a human being is to be unrooted. Yes. If we have roots in one place, if we are building a bright future, if we are net building networks, if we have family members, if we build friendships, if we are studying, if we have big dreams, sure. we are sure. living. And then at all of a sudden, you know, we sure. have to make the choices whether we die, stay where we are, sure. or whether we leave. Correct. And both of them, both of them had its horrible consequences. For so sure. if we, you know, we stay, we're gonna die. If yeah. we leave, we're gonna live with that nostalgia. Correct. Of of our homeland, right? That nostalgia, being homesick, you know, reflecting on our on our experiences. And also the other the other side of the the, the war is you never trust exactly. peace again. You never yeah. trust peace again because this is going to be this is going to be an ongoing reflection. It's not only a one-time thing. When you say, wherever I go, I'm going to call it home and that's it. Sure. Because every day you're going to wake up and say, what if I lose my, my home again? What if the war, you know, if so many Ukrainians now are in Germany? What if another war happens in Germany? What if another war happens in Canada? In the US? What's no one can assure or guarantee anything, even though we are in the 21st century. Exactly. And we have technology that we share. We have so much we have done so much progress in globalization, in yeah. connecting with each other, in knowing about each other. There's no reason for ignorance. And I think exactly. the, the sole purpose 
for any war is domination. Correct. And 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 taking taking away resources from uh, you know sure. from the people of certain countries, whether they are Ukraine or Syria or anywhere. Exactly. And I think I think the arrogance that comes with with the men in position of power yeah. making those decisions just because they believe they they can do it while right. sitting in their golden whether in, in their in their offices that they are they are uh you know very very high uh secured you know very yeah. protected and sending young men to die in who, the war who don't want to go do they don't want to go no go. no no young yeah. man wanted to 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 fight yeah. actually and yeah. invade another country and kill innocent children and innocent women sure. and innocent men and uh take away a land that that don't belong to them right? exactly so yeah the, what ukrainians are living through right now is exactly what our family had to go through in 2013 and many yeah. syrians had to go through because yeah. i remember uh, the day when we were leaving syria it was very emotional it was uh, the time when we kept thinking to ourselves should we stay should we leave? Is that the right decision yeah. or is it not? But the goal is we did not want to become numbers on the screen of the media. And yeah, if you yeah. know right now, True. Ukrainians, even in Ukraine, who are going through the same experiences, when whenever we watch the news every night, they tell yeah. you 100 Ukrainians were killed that day or 50 Ukrainians were killed that day or 1,000 Ukrainians were killed. And yeah. no one knows their names. Right. No one, no yeah. one shares their names. Right. The same thing. Know- a lot of yeah. children and women. I mean, to me, it's just—it's heartbreaking. That's what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. And the hardest part is the hardest part is. Uh, I said to my family, I said, like, I don't want to become a number on CNN. I don't yeah. want my family to become part of this statistics. I don't want to become yeah. a statistic. Exactly. I just want to be a worthy human being of existing, and that—that yeah. that when we left to Lebanon, we became refugees. I think the. The hardest part was as well is uh, sure. feeling that we lost our sense of identity and belonging. Exactly. Because once you lose those two, you are you are lost. Yeah. You are lost as as a as a human being, and you do not know what your compass is anymore. Exactly. You do not know where where to go. You do not know if you should stay. You do not know if you should immigrate. You should do not know if you should continue yeah. your your previous life or you should start a new thing. You should take yeah. another second chance. And I think the same thing, the same uh, dilemma is going on right now for Ukrainians. And uh, I cannot imagine the heartbreak that really people are living through, especially that, uh, you know, going through the experience of displacement exactly. is, is very, very difficult. And it would live with you every single day of your yeah. life once, once you try it. Because sure. uh, until you really find a place that you can confidently mm-hmm. call it home, yeah. It is very challenging. Again. Yeah, especially exactly. the impact on the children, lifelong impact on them. It's just really, uh, really tough. But thank you for sharing that. I want to transition now to this amazing book by the title of Peace by Chocolate. Does this look familiar here? I can, I can see some familiar faces there, yes. <laughs> well, I want everyone who's listening to this and watching it on the live stream to go out and get a copy of it. But do it when you purchase the candy. That's That makes the candy even sweeter. It makes each chapter even sweeter. So uh, I want people to go out. Some of the people won't see it. So I want to add it to the stream here so they can see it here. Piece by Chocolate. 
and Hadhot family's remarkable journey from Syria to Canada. Peace by chocolate. And don't forget it, people. So let's talk about the book. So we, we transition and we've made it through uh, to immigration, which is not an easy process. No. But um, then we, we have the story about your family. What was that like when you saw the, the book for the very first time? You held it in your hand. What was that like for you? Uh, it was like uh, holding your child. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I don't have I don't have kids. I'm not married, and uh, yeah. I uh, I'm also, you know, I was thinking for the first time about how many people are gonna read it and how many yeah. people are gonna get, uh, hopefully, you know, to know the really the reality of yeah. our journey because it's so hard to speak uh, to any audience. I'm a public speaker, so I go on stages, yeah. I speak for an hour, I take yeah. questions from the audience. We did the movie based on our story. It's it's 85 minutes, but yeah. there's so much limit that you exactly. can go with one hour or two hours when you tell a story. Yeah, because I saw book, your talk. That was really, really nice. Thank you. Yes. And, yeah. and there, there's so much limit. Like you cannot tell anyone really about our background, about the connection of chocolate to our culture, uh, the, the the way my my parents met, you know, the, the journey of leaving to Lebanon the journey of ending up here in Canada, how many people helped us here in Canada. I think the most important part of writing the book was documenting our journey. Yes. And that's going to help us in the future for the next generations of the Hadhads to know the real reason why our family had to leave um, Syria and to know how much we had to go through to reach where we are today. Exactly. There is so much pain in the story, but also there's so much hope. Exactly. And I think we are all hopeful as human beings, you know, for the tomorrow that we want to build for our better, next generations. Better tomorrow. A better tomorrow for everyone, exactly. Yeah. And I think the 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 book has been an absolute uh, treasure for the family in many ways because John Tatry, who I yeah. greet uh -huh. uh, wholeheartedly for taking on this mission, which was not easy. He had to listen to me for hundreds of hours on interviews mm -hmm. just writing this book. And I told him so many details. And you know, when you're writing a book, you have to remember every single detail. You have to remember sure. what you were wearing when you were seven years old. And your grandmother, <laughs> exactly. And and your grandmother invited you to to have a dinner with the family. And what happened when your sister's wedding happened for the first time a few years back in Syria? And uh, all the little details, you know, of, of uh, who was the first Canadian that I have met, you know, to yeah. who was who was greeting me at the airport when I landed. Yeah. Uh -huh. to the first house that we moved in, to the first chocolate piece we made, to, I think, remembering the first in an immigration journey Absolutely. is so entertaining and so amusing, but at the same time, it's so rewarding exactly. you know, to know that these are milestones that you have come through. Look how far you have come. Look yeah. how far you've come. This is exactly what the book is telling telling us every day. Every day I see that book on a shelf when uh -huh. I go into into libraries or when I go to into yeah. chapters or Indigo and I go into even uh, yeah, the grocery store that's carrying our chocolate. Every time I see the book, I'm like, I'm so proud. You know, look how far yeah. we have come. Look how, how, how many people are getting to read our journey. Look how many, hopefully, newcomers. I was just talking to international students yesterday here in Nova Scotia in Sydney. And we were showing our movie, but also we're talking about the book. And then I realized how much, how much we learn from each other. Yeah. Like I was telling them, our they just arrived in the country, so they don't know how to survive winter. They don't know uh -oh. how to form friendships, <laughs> uh, and to network within the community, and to start yeah. a business, and to make a trademark. You know, to 
to have online digital platforms that they can tell their stories on. All exactly. of that stuff, you know, is something that we share. And I think uh, it's it's very, a very wonderful experience and very Absolutely. rewarding to, to live through it. Well, I, I can tell you one thing, Tarek. I was uh, speaking in Toronto at the convention center there a few years back, and I had on my thickest wool coat. It was thick. <laughs> it did not matter. It didn't matter. The wind just went through it. That's right. I was, yeah. I was frozen. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's let's transition. And, and I'm going through the book now. I just received it yesterday. Let's talk about the movie now. Piece That's by Doctor. Yeah. Uh, I saw the trailer on it, but I'm going to schedule myself and my two children. I have two teenage children to go see this movie here in, uh, in Northern Virginia. We have one a little closer than Washington, D.C. Right. By Talk about that. I mean, I was doing your background history and I was sitting there like, I wonder what director's thinking when this movie comes out. We have a book. We can, we can do a book, but a movie? Yeah. Right. What was that like for you when you saw it for the first time for the premiere? I think the most surreal moment for the movie was when I was sitting with the audience and so many people would be like associating my name with a character wow. on the big screen. That is not me. Like there's yeah. someone else on the screen pretending to be Tarek. Yes, correct. And it was very surreal. It was something absolutely beyond belief and out of this world. Uh, I'm not sure if many people really have uh, have known the process of making a movie. It takes so long. You know, we started talking about making the movie in 2017. So sure. it took us five years from the start of the conversation until now. I think it was uh, there were many interesting conversations that we have had. I have never imagined what a life story agreement is or, or the, a screenplay or how many factors you need to count for, you know, to fundraise for producing a movie and Absolutely. to cast the actors and to yeah. test for the actors at least at least there are probably uh, tens of people who applied to to play my character role. Um, yeah. i was not involved in the decision but i'm so glad that i am upon mark got, got yes. the, the opportunity to play yeah. me hatem ali played my my dad and yeah. yara sabri played my mom the yeah. The big thing about the movie, and Mark Camacho and many Canadian actors, but the big thing about the movie is that those CDN actors who played my family in the movie, sure. we grew up watching them on TV. They were legendary actors and directors. That is and amazing. We admired them yeah. for a long time. They are superstars. They are superstars yeah. in, the, in Syria and in the Middle East and Syrian drama. So yeah. for them to play the roles for our family, it was, um, it was something that we have never really imagined. We have never really even dreamed of, you know. Because once you go through an experience, it was very difficult for you to imagine how sure. another person that you grew up watching on TV is going to play you oh. and tell the people your story in their own characters. Yes. And I'm so proud, you know, every single actor took on this project very seriously and they but, played yeah. the, the, the roles. Yeah, because I saw the that trailer. Thing. I saw that trailer, and they were really well done. It's well yeah. done. Trailer. That's why people think that the actors you. <laughs> That's right. <Yes. laughs> because they took it really seriously, and we have some similarities. We have the same beard. He's more handsome than me, but you know, I'm taller than him. Exactly. Uh, so the 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 thing the thing about the movie too, um, is that this is not a documentary. So Correct. it yeah. was based on our Real story. Life. They were. There were many drama additions, you know, there were some conflict. And I sure. think uh, the director once reached out to me and said, you know, the the, the story is, is incredible, you know, and we were talking and we were like, the storyline 
does not have conflict and it will it might be a problem you know you need to add conflict you need to add Absolutely. drama drama to the movie yeah. and then you you solve the problems at the end yes guess and that, that was exactly yeah to stir all of the emotions during the the, the movie and to make sure people don't get bored you know when they're watching it because yeah. it will be documentary and sure. it would not really be it would not be a, a movie theater you know kind of uh, style yeah. So the, the major motion picture that we worked on for many years, it was released uh, in Tribeca Film Festival uh, last year. And then now in, in Cineplex in Canada, in movie theaters. And just by the end of April, it starts to be showing in the United States. Yes. And now we have a big release coming as well later this month. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, another online streaming, hopefully VOD sure. is happening soon. Then, okay. then uh, online streaming as well is happening later on. But yeah. we're so happy, you know, with the success of the opening weekend for the movie. It was ranked the second Canadian movie in theaters. Oh, very nice. Weekend. So that and was that really... Going through Cineplex. Theaters. That was going through Cineplex, that's right. Yes. yes. Uh -huh. So it was it was really incredible, you know, that the movie has, um, has made headlines around not only the country, in the United States, around the world. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to tell our story. Let me tell you something, Paul, that during sure. this movie, I was always reflecting on the idea of sharing our story. And then I realized as someone uh, that I admire so much told me once, he said that telling your story is does not make you a victim. You are a survivor that is setting the world on fire with your truth, with yeah. your warmth, with your light. So you need to keep going. So testimony. A hundred percent. So yeah. then we 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 kept going, we kept sharing this story. And at the time of hatred and anxiety, you need to share stories of hope and people coming together and kindness and compassion and empathy. Yes. You know, because these are the things that humans really uh, celebrate. These are the things that uh, are going to uh, give give us all a, a better future that is going to uh, bring us all together, you know, regardless of our differences. We sure. are we are all the same as human beings. And I think that's the goal for the movie. But also there is a line in the movie that says, uh -huh. shouldn't neighbors come before newcomers? Like, shouldn't neighbors be before newcomers when it comes to community help, when it comes to... Sure. Uh, you know, to uh, to uh, the people who are supporting immigrants or refugees. Sure. And at the end, it says newcomers and neighbors, they are all the same to me. That's right, yes. So, um, and, you know, with the, the kindness, there's a character in the movie called Frank, and Frank is a yeah. real person who helped yeah, us. Yeah, that's your father's friend. That's right, yes, exactly. Yeah, they were camping together. That's right, they were camping <laughs> together, that's right. They were so, together. I encourage everyone to watch that short documentary that they made. It was yes, that's that. Yeah, on the Atlantic. It was absolutely heartwarming. And I think uh, showing the real characters at the end of the movie had added a huge depth of trust and yeah. confidence for people that this is not a fictional, not... Mm -hmm all fictional, you know, incidents that happened, it's based on real people really? that yeah. came together and helped us. But uh, at the same time, I'm really glad that uh, hopefully we're going to see much more reaction for the movie once it goes online. I know that a lot of people are still hesitant to go to movie theaters. Sure. Many people have not been to a theater even since before the pandemic, right? Yes. So yeah. encouraging everyone certainly to watch the movie when, whenever it's online. I, I am too from my side as well. I've been really promoting it. Good yeah. for you, Paul. Thank you for doing marketing for us. Yes. <laughs> hey, no problem. I really enjoy it. And again, here is what it looks like the uh, for the trailer. Uh, and it says here, Tribeca Film Festival 2021, Piece by Chocolate, a real 
life story, real life story, no documentary, but a real life story, which is being told by some of the best of the best uh, of Syrian actors and actresses. And again, I want to show the book copy here so that people can go out and just buy thousands of them. One for school kids, college students. We want them for corporations. Get out there and purchase the books, purchase, get the movie, go watch the movie. And again, you stated it's going to be, uh, you're going to put it back out later on this month? That's right, for yes. Another launch, for another yep. launch? Yeah. Okay, yep. great. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so watch watch for it. There is actually a website for the movie called peacewaychocolatefilm.com. Yeah. So yes. people can can follow all the news about the movie then. Okay, and uh, we're coming to a close at this point, Tarek. Uh, please share any uh, ins other information that you want to share with people. I have it here on the uh, stream here, and I, I put in what the location for the chocolate is because I already have an entire box of it. I'm going to have to go out and walk a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no calories in our chocolate, uh, Paul. Yeah. It's made with love. Only, yeah. only pure love. A absolutely. Yes. <laughs> people know they can get it, and I have it here on the stroll, and I'll also put it in the, the post um, podcast uh, interview as well. I'll make sure I include all of that in there. And I also uh, have uh, your social media handles as well. And uh, I have it, the one for Instagram is at direct hat hat on here. And then I'll, I'll put the others as well. Thank so you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I encourage everyone certainly to check out our website, peacewaychocolate.ca. It has all the information. It has many uh, videos there about the start of yeah. our journey. And there was a very uh, incredible video that was done by Google uh, a few years yeah. ago uh -huh. uh, that shows our family, that shows the factory, that shows our the start of the journey. I am, I just happened to be the spokesperson for the company, but the story okay. is not only me. Uh, it's my, my parents, my siblings, okay. everyone who believed in us. It's a story of a community. Yes. And I'm really happy to have a voice. I'm very honored to have a platform. I think uh, it's, um, it's a true uh, rewarding feeling to be able to contribute and give back and share a platform. And I think business is about leadership. Yeah. Now is the time to think about business as a selfless act Absolutely. of contribution, not not a selfish act of contribution, and not yeah. about building wealth and profit only, sure. but certainly to make sure you care about people, to care about your planet, and to have a big purpose, and you care about return on kindness, because in business you have so much of a platform and a sure. power to be kind to others and to lift others to success. Absolutely. And as I mentioned before, that Tarek, he's also a speaker. So if you want to, people want to hire you to come out and speak because you have a powerful message about perseverance through adversity. How can they get in touch with you for this? Uh, they can uh, go on my website, tarekhanan.com, or yeah. they can uh, certainly reach out to me on social media and I would direct them to our team and we will okay. take it from there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And I'm very honored to have interviewed you and learned more about you. You know, it's one of those things. I did a lot of research. I almost feel like I know who you are. But you know, <laughs> what, you know what that is? It's that you give out the type of spirit that really brings people in. That's what it is. Thank you, Paul. That means a lot to me. That means that means yeah. the world to me. And I hope to I hope our message will continue to be the cause to bring yeah. people together. Uh, to to celebrate our our human values, as I mentioned, yeah. of empathy, compassion, kindness, and uh, I, it's a true privilege for me to 
be able to share and continue sharing these messages about uh, supporting immigrants, refugees, newcomers, but also make sure that all yeah. entrepreneurs out there use their platforms to yeah. give those people a chance. Uh, private sector governments, non-for-profit organizations, no matter if you are in Antigonish or uh, Nova Scotia or uh, Delaware or Wisconsin or yeah. DC, uh, we have we have uh, very much uh, the, the same the same goal, oh, and I think the, the 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 way we we share our differences should be in in a respectful manner, should yeah. be in a way that aims only for to make yeah. us all better as human yeah. beings and to yeah. share to share yeah. what we have because a lot yeah. of people right now around the world are uh, yeah. are are really really struggling. So we have a yeah. lot to be grateful for. Don't forget yeah. to be grateful. Don't forget yeah. to be grateful every day you wake up. Absolutely. Absolutely. But thank you so much again. Uh, we had an amazing guest, Tariq. Tarek Hadhat. He is the founder of Peace by Chocolate, CEO. He's leader, motivational speaker, author, uh, working in that area of uh, chocolatier, but it has a greater message behind it uh, than the candy in and of itself is all about community, kindness, peace, and 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 people uh, connecting on a higher level. So I wanna thank you again for being our amazing guest. And I wanna thank all the, the viewers as well as the listeners who people who are gonna listen on the, the uh, archive. Thank you so much, but follow up with what this man is doing. He's doing some amazing things and I'm honored to have been able to interview him today. So have a great day, everyone. And I will see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. Wealth is more than just money. Uh, Tariq, have a great day, my friend, and continued excellence in all that you do. Thanks a lot, Paul. Have a great day and much peace and love to you all. Same to you, my friend. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks for right. listening Bye. to Wealth Academy Podcast. Please subscribe and rate this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To get you or someone you know assessed for Paul's online financial freedom courses or money coaching, in addition to resources associated with this podcast, Email Paul at info at paulvanspeaks.com.